1: Listen to them when you got on? No. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was listening to that. I didn't know many of those coming through. Um, mm-hmm. but even even that it does sound like a little wrong. uh I don't know, they're just I mean like I said, man, they're cheap ass headphones. So. Yeah. It's, what
0: it, it's hey. what it is.
1: It's what it is.
0: Yeah, that's uh I think that's what uh Arsenal fans are saying right now. um
1: <laughs> our headphones are <laughs> shitty we
0: can't hear you we can't hear you la la la
1: la 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 la, la. the season hasn't really started oh
0: man oh welcome we will we will get into that here on episode 378 on the Foreign affair podcast i am edward green joined as always by McCollum crime west bradshaw um. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one this week. This week's gonna be a fun one. Everyone's happy. That needs to be happy. Except yeah. Harry Kane. Um, but otherwise, uh, we will get into the first week of the Premier League season. Uh, it was dynamite, as uh, as the old song from the 80s goes. Um, we'll, of course, uh, also have some news and notes to get through. Um you know, there's, there's still big things going on uh, in the world of soccer. There is uh, – oops, that's not actually the button I meant to do. Um, there's still, of course, uh, transfer market stuff um, that needs to be uh, taken care of and plenty more as we go along here. We'll pimp the athletic as well, and then we'll head into the uh, the watch four and uh, close out the podcast. As always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. And uh, I mentioned last week, we are now on the Anchor network um, and I told you, you could send in voice messages. You can do that. Uh, The link is actually in the show notes, thanks to uh, Anchor. They just automatically flip that in at the bottom of the show notes. If you are listening on any uh, of your podcast devices, uh, you just scroll down to the show notes uh, and under where our like Twitter handles are, you'll just see a link. You click on that link and then you just start speaking. And uh, you can send us a voice message. So, uh, again, you can call us. We just might not necessarily play it. Um, so uh, enough of that, though. I think I may have destroyed uh, Discord. Th- okay, there we go. We're good. We're good. Um, no, no, we're fine. Because I was like, I can still hear Wes. I just had like a pop-up come up. talking about transferring servers and i'm like no 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 this i'm not harry kane i don't want to transfer Um,
1: oh no matter how much i offer you
0: you well you know (laughs) i can be bought um you know what can't be bought (laughs) winning it for arsenal against brentford uh let's take a quick stroll through the uh the premier league here and then uh we'll get uh west's thoughts on how this first week went of course big win for Liverpool but again we'll get to that in a few minutes here Uh, Brentford rapture for them at the community stadium two nil victors over Arsenal to kick off the season Uh, Sergio Canos getting it started in the 22nd minute and then Norgaard putting in a header which wasn't handled by anybody on a corner and just kind of like bounced into the box and nobody did anything to it. And then Norgaard got to it and put it in for the second. Uh, Arsenal had one or two chances late on to get something back, but could not pull through. So famous win. Brentford back in the top flight for the first time in almost 75 years with the win. Uh, Manchester United off to a flying start as they get past Leeds 5 1. Uh Eileen with the goal in the 49th minute leveled it up for Leeds 1 1 with just an absolute peach of a goal. Um but United responded very quickly. Uh a hat trick for Bruno Fernandez, And uh yeah, Pogba's happy for now. And you know, when uh when you're letting Fred score, that's that's when you know the game has truly gone to shit. Um Chelsea, another one of our top four uh threateners that we talked about last week three 0 victors over crystal palace uh noted manslaughter marco alonso with the first goal of the match uh christian pulisic with the uh, rebound tap in for the second and timothy choba with his first club for, uh, first goal for the club he grew up in in the 58th minute uh, actually a very emotional scene for him um for the young man three nil versus palace Uh, It was a bit dicey for Everton at the start. They do win against Southampton 3-1. It looked like maybe Rafa's talk of small club all those years ago was going to prove to be true. And it still might. Um, But Richarlison and Decore were there to save the day as Everton come through with three goals in the second half to win at Goodison. Uh, Leicester. Gets the one goal from Jamie Vardy, who howled in delight at the sight of it, uh, as uh, he's just a little shithouser, and he always will be, and to the away end of Wolves, uh, as Leicester gets a 1-0 victory at the KP. Uh, Watford, 3-2 winners over Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa did make it close late on with the Danny Ings penalty in the 97th minute, but it was just too much from Watford early on as they cruised to a victory. Uh, things look good early for Burnley at Turf Moor as James Tarkowski got things started off a corner in the second minute, but Brighton Hove struck back with two goals in five minutes in the final 15 to get Brighton and Hove all three points with the 2-1 win. Burnley, ooh, starting to worry about them. Uh, and then as you mentioned on the final game on Saturday, Liverpool big 3 no winners over Norwich. Uh, the... Three of the top four, uh, Liverpool frontmen uh, did score on the day. Salah setting up his uh, his teammates before finally adding the third on in the 74th uh, to give Liverpool a comfortable win against Norwich. No pooky shenanigans this time. And then finally on Sunday, uh, West Ham with a twice-come-from-behind win against Newcastle, 4-2 uh, to beat Steve Bruce's side at the St. James. Uh, Thomas Susek with the winner in the 63rd minute and to cap it off Tottenham won Man City nil Kyungmin Son with another great goal for Spurs in the 55th minute oh. and and just an absolute bonker stat that I saw I believe it was Sky Sports posted this on Twitter um, the last three Premier League matches that City have gone to Tottenham they have taken I believe I'm getting this right 59 shots, 16 of those shots have been on target, and they have scored zero goals. Um, I will say this one felt a little more earned than maybe one or two of the Josie Mourinho versions of this game. Um, great, great stuff from Jafet Tanganga, um, who I've been rating very well uh, since he's come up in the last couple of years for Spurs. He handled Raheem Sterling and uh, Jack Grealish very well in this match. Um, so who knows if this will continue? We, it seemed like last year was full of false dons for Tottenham. So I'm not getting too excited about this win. Um, but Wes, what a way to start the season for Tottenham as the fans are sa- chanting in the final few minutes, Harry Kane, are you watching? Are you watching Harry Kane? Um, so I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. And of course, any other things that leapt out of you in the week, especially the, uh, the Liverpool three, 0 drubbing of Norwich.
1: And the, thing, the the question to be answered, was Harry Kane watching? We don't know. He was, he was of course, not uh, named in the 18. Uh, the only member of England's semifinal uh, team, or excuse me, England's uh, finalist from the Euro, the only member of that team who did not play this week. Hmm. So um, hmm. you know, there, there is an athletic article, not one of my athletic articles, but I just happened to see it scrolling through. It said um, all of his teammates were, all of Harry Kane's England teammates were uh, fit to play this week. Why wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) He Um, was in Florida. Yeah, the the Bahamas and flyer. Yes, uh, the intrigues around Harry Kane. Um, New... What do we call it? New New White Hart Lane? What uh, the the stadium that shall not be named? Whatever the yes. hell they. <laughs> <call
0: them. laughs> I like that one.
1: <laughs> the stadium that shall not be named. Um, that is like a house of horrors for Manchester City. Yeah, that is their uh, that is their white whale. Um, you know the, the the one place it seems in the country. Well, that in Anfield. Um. E- even though, excuse me, excuse me, they won at Anfield last year. You know, in the season that meant everything, obviously. Um, it's just somewhere City has a tough time playing. On top of it, Nuno is a manager who gives City issues. So yeah, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm there uh, on opening day uh, for Tottenham to go and get that victory. Um, I think that was really, really big for Tottenham's psyche going forward. Uh, with everything going on around there, the absolute last thing they needed was to go out and lose 3-0 <laughs> on opening day to to a team that is trying to basically take your best player from you. I mean, how demoralizing would that have been? Um, they go out there, they get the job done. Sonny Sonny is a guy who is so vastly underrated because he's not flashy you know he's not out there um in the media doing crazy things he you know he i don't know son's um english situation if he speaks it at all or he doesn't speak much of it but you know you just you don't get many of those explosive interviews from him and son all he does is show up and play his ass off and score some big damn goals um, and I mean, I, you know, when there was, um, the, the very, you know, there's, there's rumors, rumors all around, but, uh, when there was a rumor around that, oh, you know, Liverpool might make a run at young and son, I was secretly inside going, holy shit, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be like the absolute perfect guy for us to add to our, uh, to our attack P young and son. Jesus, we'd be just fantastic at that point. Um, but he gets the goal. Um, they do enough defensively to stifle a a city squad that like usual they had most of the possession, but they just they had no cutting edge on the day. Um, I'm not I'm not convinced right now with Man City not having someone who can bang some goals in. I mean, they'll score goals this year. Don't get me wrong. But I think to do the things that they really want to do, they need a goal scorer. And that's just something I don't think they have. right now. They've got guys who can score goals, but not a dot in the wool, 20, 25 goal guy. Um, so many people are making such this big thing. About City from a season ago. They're like, oh, well, you know, they had the slow start last year and they were at 11th in 11th and deserve, but Then they stormed to the league. I think a lot of people are really underplaying how many issues everybody else had in the league last year. They did
0: have a lot of issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody had issues. I mean, Liverpool, like, literally not having any defenders left. Yeah, you think that. I mean, up until December, Liverpool were in first place, and that was without Gomez. That was without Van Dyke. That was like a couple months without those guys. And then when um, Matic went down, it just it just all fell apart Liverpool. <laughs> um, so you know, you take that for what it's worth. You know, Manchester United were extremely inconsistent a in season ago. Chelsea went through a really um, tough stretch. Um, about halfway through the season, which of course ended up with Frank Lampard losing his job or placing his manager. I, I really think the whole oh city, they they took care of business last year after not getting on to a great start. I really think that's a little overblown. Because I really think a lot more of it, yes, City went on a nice run and City won the league, but I mean, no one else was in a position to challenge them. <laughs> True, yeah. Where this year You know, you've already seen, at least through the first match day of the season, you know, Liverpool look good. Chelsea Mm -hmm. look good. Manchester Mm -hmm. United, wow, they look good. Arsenal. (laughs) 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 Oh, kiss of death. You're welcome, Arsenal haters. (laughs) I took care of that one for us all last week. Um, You know, Tottenham looking like they've got maybe something going with them. Uh, Leicester stuff, there was something. So, I think you're going to have much more of a challenge this year for Manchester City and I don't think they can just cruise through the league this year like they did last year. I still mm-hmm. think they've got work that they need to do on that roster to try to um you know to try and uh finish it out. I don't think I don't think they're at a point right now where they're ready to go out there and just run away with the league while going deep in the champions league, while winning all the domestic trophies. Um, I mean, there's a reason that they are seriously looking at spending a shit ton of money on Harry Kane because they need somebody and they know they need somebody.
0: And I think if I may just interject a couple points here, and I think to just jump on your stuff. Um, one, I think a lot of that is I saw somebody comment, um, but they're on one of the articles about Kane. It was like, on, I think it was maybe one of the athletic articles. Uh, and they're like, how can they be so disrespectful to when we have Gabriel Jesus? They should, they should have more respect. We have a striker. I'm like, no, you don't. Like with all, with all due respect to Gabriel Jesus, he hasn't shown enough in the entire time City of him. that makes you think, yep, that's my number one striker. That's, that's going to be the guy he can... He can replace Aguero like he just he's never shown that he's been good, but he's never shown the ability to lead the line for City at a consistent level. And so I think that that's one big thing. And then I think you brought up a great point last week, too, and are kind of getting to it here is that this has to be it. This is has to be the year City wins the Champions League, like they they have to go for it. And so I think when you have that, when you have other teams who, you know, barring injury, I tried to knock on wood there they're they're going to keep pace with you you can't just relax in the league and expect to still kind of walk away with it like they did last year to an extent so yeah I think those are those are great points and are going to be huge differences between last year and this year
1: right um I mean everything's different starting with the all oh, those glorious glorious fans back in the stands oh, oh amazing That was so. My first Premier League I got this year was actually on my three month trial of my Sirius XM radio in my vehicle. Okay. Um, and I listened on the way to the gym on Friday. I was listening to Arsenal and Brentford, Mm. and the the thing that was immediately jumping out to me, and I was literally smiling while I was driving. I was like, "This just this sounds right."
0: Yeah. This is how yeah. it's
1: supposed to sound that buzz in the background. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people back there singing. And I mean, you could just you could feel the atmosphere, you could feel the excitement. Something we've been so long without. Don't get me wrong, end of the year last year, it was amazing just to have like five, ten thousand people back in the stands just because of what we've been through. Absolutely. But man, when suddenly you're hearing nearly full stands and You know, I I mean that was that was obviously that was a major major plus for Brentford. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, there was so much going there. Seven, I believe, seventy-five years since they had played a top-flight match. And what was really cool was they pointed out on there there was a guy who was there, who was actually in the stands at Brentford's last top-flight match. He was like, I think, eleven or twelve years old. And here he is 75 years later and he's, he's back in the stands and that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, that's something now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan. You're a Spurs fan. You know, we're, we're, I guess we're fortunate that when we came into the, into the football game, you know, we gravitated toward teams that are relatively safe every year and, and, and feel they have a chance to go and compete and win trophies. But, you know, For a team like a Brentford, I mean, 75 years of not being a top flight. And for those fans, I mean, obviously, maybe other than this guy, no one in that stadium had ever seen them play a top flight match. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hadn't even seen it, you know. And this was, this was like the culmination for those fans of, man, we're here. We've made it. We did it. And – I was so thrilled with that. Uh, you know, Arsenal, we love giving Arsenal hell. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even for Arsenal, I mean, they just happen to be the guys on the other side. Yeah. But for that fan base, it didn't matter who they were playing. Um, that was that was a moment in time for them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I picked Brentford to go back down this year. I'm not <laughs> changing it after match day one. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, I, I want to say last week I said, you know, Arsenal might have their hands full because that's going to be a tough first match. Mm-hmm. Um, and early in the season, especially, that emotion can carry you and can help get some things going. And, I mean, that's just – it's amazing for Brentford. Um, it, it's – that may be the pinnacle of the season. We'll see going forward. That may be the highlight of the season. But if it is – I mean, going out and beating one of the big name teams on match day one, when everybody was watching, you were the f- the first match of the year. Um, you know, the whole country, the nation was watching, and and to go and get it done. I mean, that was that's freaking awesome, man. And I'm I'm really happy for Brentford. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and as for Arsenal getting to take that deal, I mean, that just that was a little license on the key. Of course, they don't know. Um elsewhere around the league, uh, I'll throw in the, the Reds real quick. You know, Liverpool it, it was Norwich. This is what I expected them to go out and do. Uh Diego Jota opening the scoring. Uh Bobby Firmino coming on in the second half for Joda and uh picking up a goal about five, six minutes in for him. And then Mo Salah, who um you know, there there's always gotten to be the doom and gloom crowd out there. And, Oh, Salah hadn't scored all preseason. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, where's his shooting boots? All that bullshit. It's like, dude, he always sucks in the preseason. It's not that he sucks. He just never really scores in the preseason. And then he comes out and sets a Premier League record for scoring in his fifth straight opening day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, much like Harry Kane, that one-year wonder Mo Salah, kicks off <laughs> year five of being a one-year wonder. So, you know, um, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm going to give Mo Salah a lot of love in this match. You know, there's been issues in the past where people have talked about, um, you know, Salah being selfish and this and that. Mo Salah was the antithesis of selfishness in this match, Mm -hmm. Um, working the whole day to try to set up his teammates. Uh, Even late in the match when he maybe could have gone for a second, he tried to roll on over to uh, uh, Sadio Mane to put it in. But then the goal he scored was just, I mean, that was a fantastic goal. And the fact that somehow Mohamed Salah keeps getting overlooked by people, <laughs> you know, I just, it's astounding. He has now scored the same number of goals for Liverpool that Cristiano Ronaldo scored for Manchester United and did it in like a 100-some less matches. <laughs> But you know Ronaldo's the greatest prodigy of all time. You know, of course he's. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, oh United Ronaldo's the greatest Premier League player ever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever he else say. Um, but yeah, I mean the dude just he just goes out there. He plays. He he plays matches. He doesn't knock on wood. He doesn't yeah. miss a lot of matches uh, with injury. He just goes out. He shows up. He plays. He scores, and he creates, and he does the same. Um Van Dyke playing the entire match, I think, was a surprise to a lot of people that he started. Mm-hmm. Um looking at Liverpool's schedule though here early um this week, this weekend, Burnley at Anfield, and then the next week, um the the early the early match of the season, I guess, in the Premier League um is gonna be Liverpool and uh Chelsea on the 28th in a couple of weeks. Um as Chelsea will come to uh, Anfield for that one. Uh, we'll see how Klopp handles Van Dyke this week mm-hmm. you know, with the knee. He hasn't shown any ill effects from the knee. He's Come back. He looks strong, but you know, do you still, are you somewhat easing him back in so as not to maybe overdo him, but have him ready to face Chelsea? Right. Cause that's going to be the big one coming up early is facing Chelsea. Um, at the end of the month. So, uh, yeah, see how that goes going forward. Um, as for Norwich, I mean Norwich were lively, Norwich were active, they just uh almost scored late. Allison Allison had like a – someone said, My God, it was like um it was like the damn Napoli saves all over <laughs> again. Uh where he denied twice right in front of goal, so he's obviously already bet to being Allison Becker. Um uh but Norwich Norwich looks solid. Todd Cantwell looked really good in the first half of that match. Um, we'll see with Norwich. I, I don't think they're going to be – I did have them getting relegated, but I don't think they're going to be, like, inept by any means this season. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Chelsea got their victory, and, um, I mean, Chelsea just – they look good. Yeah. Uh, Timo Werner was in midseason form, missing open shots. So, <laughs> you know, he's already where he <laughs> He's I still remember.
0: Running. I still remember on one of the goals they scored. I think it was the first goal they scored. That uh, that, that you know, the play-by-play is like,
1: oh, and it looks like he got distracted by Werner on that one. I'm like,
0: why would you be distracted by a man that can't
1: score goals? I mean, Werner's like the last person to be distracted by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Chelsea got their win, uh, and I'll I'll finish it up, man. You I mean. Can't talk shit about Man United after this match by any means. Paul Papa setting a Premier League record four assists in a match. Um Bruno Fernandez scoring a hat trick and not getting a penalty out of any of them. Um <laughs> probably has to be the upset of the season so far. Uh <laughs> none of them penalties. Wow. Um they just they look good. That said, that said I will temper things just a little bit. I got to. Mm-hmm. Um Leeds United we talked about uh we talked about uh the stadium that shall not be nam- that shall remain unnamed uh being mm-hmm. kind of the the um albatross around the neck of Pep Guardiola Leeds United plays so beautifully into the hands of uh, yeah of, um, of Manchester United or uh every time i mean last year i think it was 6-2 at old Trafford. mm mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, United look good, and not, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from United here. Uh, if they come out and give that kind of effort, and Paul Pogba looks that switched on for every match, mm-hmm. all right, all right, United. Oh, okay, United, United, okay. okay. This is what we've been, this could be what we've been waiting for. Uh, a lot of us dreading getting yeah. from Paul Pogba. Um of course, this could also mean that he moves to PSG before the window closes, and he's True. just like, "Shit, True. I got to show him that I, I got to show him I can play and that I care." Um, <laughs> which I mean, that is kind of out there that he still might go to PSG before the damn window closes, <laughs> which would be wonderful. i would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, they look good. Um, it doesn't really temper my expectations for Leeds. Um, Leeds are just going to play like Leeds and there's going to be some days like that where they're Mm going to shift some goals but there's also going to be days where they score a lot of goals so um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of our look around the league Um, week one is in the books 37 matches to go until someone lifts that
0: trophy we are 138 through the Premier League season and what a glorious one it was um, looking ahead to this weekend's matches, uh, no Friday match. We go straight into Saturday, and as us mentioned, it will be Liverpool versus Burnley at Anfield. Ooh. This will be the this will be the first time Anfield will have a full crowd since Athletic uh, Madrid. And with that, uh, our next set of matches at ten AM will be Aston Villa hosting Newcastle, Leeds hosting Everton, Man City hosting Norwich at the Etihad. And Palace hosting Brentford, 12:30 uh, p.m. Brighton Hove and Watford get the uh, the top spot on Saturday. On Sunday, as NBC Sports takes forever to load, I might just pull it up on my phone here. In fact, that is actually what's going to happen on Sunday night- Southampton versus Manchester United, as well as Wolves versus Tottenham. Nuno going back up against his old team at 11.30 a.m. Um, we have talked in the past sometimes our first start the season. Brentford, you know, that was, that was um, you know emotionally tough for them. Uh, but now they're going to have to host Chelsea at 11.30 on Sunday to try and pick up their first win of the season. And then on Monday at 3.00, 3- Leicester. Um so look quick look at the table. Um, thankfully everybody either won or lost. There were no draws on match week 1. So top of the table is Manchester United because they big win over Leeds, followed by Chelsea and Liverpool, then West Ham and Everton, then Brentford, Watford, Brighton Hove, Leicester and Tottenham. That is a look at the table there. Um Let's head the news and notes now. Not a t- again, not a ton of news and notes. Um, one big piece of news for the United States women's national team. Uh, oh. Carly Lloyd uh, has announced her retirement after uh, the, um, the Olympic Games. Uh, she is done. She is dusted. Um, and her playing career is now over. Um, let me make sure I'm actually still connected because I'm getting red bars here on. I'm this- hearing you, okay? So that's a plus okay cool 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 um so yeah carly lloyd uh, obviously a ton of great moments uh a multiple world cup winner multiple olympic medalist and uh, of course you know just tons of great highlights including that uh, game against japan to win i believe it was the 2014 world cup um mm-hmm. where the united states put like 18 past japan and one of those was a goal from almost midfield from carly lloyd so uh, truly was you know Again, the women have. Ashley Lloyd starts to be in the conversation of maybe the best U.S. soccer player that the country has ever produced.
1: I was about to throw that out there. You know, her walking away now. You take a look at—I mean, two-time uh, FIFA World Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, as you just went down her CV, as well as as far as things she's won, multiple World Cups, multiple Olympic gold medals. Carly Lloyd's amazing. Um, you know, Mia Hamm was the poster child of U.S. soccer for a long time, um, and don't get me wrong, Mia Hamm was fantastic, amazing. Carly Lloyd, I think, has done it in a more difficult era. Uh, just because, yeah, and and like I said, not taking anything away from that amazing group that we had, you know, in 94 and back in the 90s and everything. But the women's game is coming around more in the world. There are more good teams now that you have to go through. Um, and Carly Lloyd has done it against that backdrop. And um, I'm willing to throw my hat in the ring that Carly Lloyd is the best U.S. soccer player ever produced.
0: Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there are some men down there. You know, we, we've started to see some of the big names starting to come up, like Pulisic, uh, like a Josh Sargent, like a Weston McKinney. Maybe one of these guys will will start to take the reins and, and lead the USMNT to to greater heights and claim that title. But yeah, right now, it's it's a really good argument to make for Carly Lloyd.
1: Um, yeah, and I mean, I and even even that said, you know, I don't see, I don't see the politics of the world, basically like taking up the mantle of being like the Messi of the sport. True. Which <laughs> Carly Lloyd, I mean, their are pictures of Carly Lloyd, you know, standing with Messi getting their player, their world player of the year trophy. So I understand, you know, different different platforms, different places, but um, yeah, man, I mean, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be hard for anyone to. Uh, I'm to take that away from Carly Lloyd.
0: Absolutely. Um, and anyway, our next two stories, we can kind of uh, seg you from both those points. Uh, one, not, this is not where we would pimp the Athletic. We, that's going to be in a few minutes. Um, but we did talk about this a lot last week. Um, so I just want to mention here an article from Dermot Corrigan on August 11th from the Athletic. Uh, Life after Messi for Barcelona. More cuts, more drama, more anger. Um, a great read. Uh, we talked about this a lot last week, so I don't think we'll really go into it again. Um, but if you want to hear an official reporter's summation of what Wes and I talked about and how things look like they're going to be a lot worse before they get better for Barcelona um, in the next few years, go check it out there um, over on The Athletic. And then uh, this article from Goal.com and uh, back to the U.S. men's national team side, also showing... How much of a joke maybe the FIFA world rankings are? Uh, both the United States and Mexico are uh, are up in are up in the uh, the rankings here, and uh, both of them are now in the top ten. Which, sure, okay, yeah, I, I guess I guess this is how the world works now. I mean, the, granted, it's always been weird. Um, and uh, so yeah, the United States have now jumped all the way up to tenth. Uh, Mexico is going to be a ninth, um, and of course we've had times where like Switzerland was the number one in, in FIFA rankings. So it's always really weird. But of course, hey, you know, if they're in, if they somehow make it into the top eight and qualify, which I mean, I assume if the United States made it into the top eight, they would have qualified for the World Cup then they get one of those, like, sort of, quote-unquote, protected seedings when the draw comes out. So th- it does matter. For as weird and stupid and shallow as they are, they, they do somewhat matter. So um, weird stuff there. Um, all right, so now, Wes, uh, let us let us get into the part where we do pimp the Athletic. Uh, what articles do you have to pimp from the Athletic for us this week?
1: Oh, so we got – so one that – um. Had been in my save for about a week now. I probably got around to it. Uh, Christopher Camrani, Wednesday, August 11th. So yeah, about a week ago. It's entitled Firefighter, Surfer, Baja 1000 Winner, Heartbroken Son, The Life of the Greatest College Receiver You've Never Heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, And it is... <sighs> Let me get down to the kid's name. Uh. <laughs> Uh, Trevor Insley was the player. Um, I don't know if you remember Trevor Insley. Trevor Insley was a wide receiver at the University of Nevada back in the early 2000s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Nevada was one of the forefront of throwing the football. Trevor mm-hmm. Insley ended his career with like six or seven NCAA receiving records. Um, and he's st- the only one he still holds is the single season receiving yardage record. He had like 2,600 yards receiving. Wow. A <sighs> yeah. 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 Um, got a chance played in the NFL for a couple of years, Played for the Colts um, caught one NFL touchdown pass from uh, Peyton Manning, the now hall of famer Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, and you know, he, so he, he lived his life. Well, this taught a lot about his life after football. Uh, he is a firefighter in Los Angeles um, hmm. for C- for LA Fire Department, Los Angeles Fire, whatever they. Are. Um, it just just really interesting. I mean, this guy he he surfs, he rides dirt bikes, like on thousand mile treks through Baja. It's a uh, it, it's a it's a really good, really interesting look into a guy. Um, the heartbreak comes uh his father, who was such a huge influence on him, uh, died of COVID. Um, mm. Back back when the pandemic was doing its thing, um, and uh, it, you know, it uh, it just it touches on that. It's it's sad, but it's a it's a really good read, really interesting read. Um, talks about some of the stuff he does um, with the fire department. So you know, just um, it's nice to see. You know, we we never really think about it. You know, guys, well, they play college football and then they go play in the pros. Well. Yeah, what's that, NCAA, what's, that, what's that NCAA commercial they have where um like uh ninety eight percent of our athletes are not going pro?
0: No, it's like ninety percent of our athletes are going pro. It's it just not in sports, or right? Something like just that. not in sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that was it. So, um, and so you know, it's it's neat to find out what happens to guys afterwards, especially if they've had oh, you know yeah. those really interesting lives, and mm-hmm. uh uh he he's just had one it's really. Um a few more for me. Uh Neymar has been PSG's messy with having them and Mbappe work in the same uh in the same team work. That's a good one. So, you know, a lot of people are just feeling that uh, you know, it's um it's just a done deal, no problem. You can put Messi and Mbappe and Neymar together, and everything's just gonna be fine, and they're just gonna be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Well, you know, there's some uh there's some rumblings kind of coming out of um, out of PSG that maybe Mbappe isn't all that thrilled with this setup. Uh, of course, you know Mbappe's contract at this moment, Mbappe's contract ends after this season. Um, I'm just going ahead and breaking news to you guys. He obviously is coming to Liverpool. You know, mm, Mbappe yes, 2022. Yes. I've been telling you guys about this for a few years now, so I, mean, I don't <laughs> see. That. I don't see where this is shocking anybody, but anyway. Um, but can it work? Uh, is, is there enough ball to go around? You know, we we mentioned it mm-hmm. earlier, talking about Liverpool. You know, there have been some rumblings in the past about Salah and Mane out on the wings. Well, what makes Salah and Mane work so well is that you've got Firmino in the middle, who is a guy who will sacrifice stats. Mm-hmm. Um. You know these. Uh, you know when you had the the famous front line, the um, the BBC line, at um, at Real Madrid, you had uh, Bale, Benzema, and Cristiano. Benzema was the guy who sacrificed a lot for that group. Mm-hmm. Um, when you had MSN at uh, at Barcelona, Messi, Suarez, Neymar. Suarez was a guy who pulled off from maybe being at his goal scoring zenith uh To do things for the for the greater collective, mm-hmm. who's gonna do it for this group? Because you've got Neymar, you've got Messi, and you know what those guys are. Well, then you've got Mbappe, and Mbappe sees himself as it's like, oh, hold on now, yeah, those guys are great, but Mbappe sees himself as just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know, which, you know, so, oh, that that's arrogance. Well, you know what? He's 22, and people tell him he's the best player in the world, and by God, he might be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I actually don't mind my guys. I don't mind my players having some arrogance as long as, you know, they're able to hold it together for the good of the team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you almost want some arrogance from a guy like Mbappe because mm-hmm. – that arrogance is what makes you the best of the best. I mean, Salah has it. Harry Kane has it. Uh, Cristiano has it. Messi has it. Neymar has it. I mean, these are guys – there is arrogance there, obviously. So, we'll see. Um, there's yeah. still there's still time left in this window. I mean, you know, Real Madrid are over there. Telling, no, no, we'd still like to get them this year. Um, <laughs> you know, there there is time left in the window. I – I find it very difficult to see him going anywhere in this window, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, I'm I'm not shocked after the whole messy thing. I I don't know if I can be totally shocked by anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So once again, I don't think it's going to happen um, because obviously he's coming to Liverpool in <laughs> 2022. So I mean, I'm I'm going and telling you guys, I'm giving you the heads up on it. But uh, yeah, but but it's a it's a good article and it does explain explore some things, and um, you know it gives you some uh, gives you some things to think about at least. And the last but not <laughs> least one that I'm going to point out, this is actually a few weeks old at this point. I don't believe we ever touched it. I think I was going to bring it up last week, and um, yeah, we had uh, we had technical issues. We'll <laughs> yes, yeah. but. Um, uh, Andy Stables wrote this on Sunday, August the 8th, so it's been a few weeks. Bobby Bowden planted the seeds of success at Florida State and proudly watched his Seminoles grow. And, folks, if you know anything about Bobby Bowden, college football, well, buddy, let me tell you about this gum football game. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's Bobby Bowden, man. You know, uh, Andy Stables uh, Andy Stables played at the University of Florida. Um, <laughs> Obviously, that was the rivalry, but he, Andy Sable's a really smart guy, really just, uh, he's smart, he's good, he's really good at what he does, I talked to Bowden quite a few times, and the life of Bobby Bowden is just incredible, the coaching life of Bobby Bowden is insane, um, I mean, basically took Florida State, who, who the hell, who the hell was Florida State in the early to mid-1970s? Um sure. You know, basically, as Bowden said, uh, this guy who had been at West Virginia, you know, he felt he had maxed out of West Virginia. So he went to Florida State basically just to bide his time until he had a chance at the Alabama job. Either Alabama or Auburn. He's from Alabama. He just wanted to go back to Alabama, one way or the other. Um, and then all he did was just build a <laughs> superpower. <laughs> um, and he did it his way. Uh, Bowden, who's known who's known later in life more as the grandfatherly, you know, oh, dag, gum, Bobby, mm-hmm. uh, man, this dude. When he came to Florida State, you want to talk about? I mean, he threw down the moniker. We'll play anyone, anytime, any place. You name it, we'll play it. I mean, they were they were trading three for one home and aways with teams just to get on schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he basically in the southeast at a time where it was Bear Bryant still in Alabama and you know the the beast down there, he he built he built his own thing at Florida State. And by the time he left, uh, Florida State at one point 14 straight years finished in the top five, which is absolutely insane. I right, mean let's put it this way Saban Saban has had multiple seasons not finishing at the top five in with this Alabama group. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, much less putting 14 straight top five there. Um, of course, you know, I'm a I'm a Miami guy, and uh, for years that was the rivalry when Bobby was there, the national rivalry. Uh, Bobby Bowden used to joke, I uh, went down his tombstone, they were going to put, uh, but he had to play Miami. <laughs> 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 that was, that was going to be on his tombstone because, you know, Bobby Bowden won two national championships. There are probably three, maybe three sitting out there that, if he hadn't had to face the hurricane, some dominant hurricane teams, he might have had two or three more. So, um, <laughs> and, and then, of course, the greatest of Bobby bound legacies to me was the uh, Discover card commercial <laughs> uh, where where he uttered the words, do I sound like a man who would shop at dadgum Miss Prissy's Cat Emporium? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Th- those Discover commercials with uh, with Peggy in Siberia. Hmm. Probably some of the greatest commercials ever, and Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz also had a fantastic commercial with Peggy. But um, yeah, Staples hit that one. Folks, go back check it out. I mean, Bobby Bowden is um, he was one of those like American originals. Uh, we're we're not gonna see, we're we're not gonna see coaches like that again. So my couple articles, I'll go
0: through pretty quick. Um, uh, one from Paul Tenorio. Um, we launched a brand, not a team, inside Inter Miami's disastrous start in MLS. Uh, talking about David Beckham's franchise down there in Miami with the stupid name. Um, shockingly, um, for, g- given the tone of the article, actually pretty good. The, the things are starting to kind of maybe look up for Inter, but they are definitely screwed in the short term. Um, another one here. Um Sort of tying into something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Why would the Big Ten form an alliance with the ACC and Pac-12? It's all about TV's Four Million Club, written by the venerable Andy Staples, who has now made multiple appearances in our athletic talk here. Um, this is one um, I, I don't know who has a bio. It's just by the athletic staff because it's an update. Uh, ex louisville assistant Dino Gaudio said he knew of NCAA violations by Chris Mack. Um, this was that weird story we talked about a few months ago where Dino Gaudio got fired for trying to extort Chris Mack um, over at Louisville. It was just a very bizarre story, um, and it looks like now Gaudio has potentially the goods even after pleading guilty to extortion. So that's mm, that's a fun one. And then finally, uh, by the great Peter Gammons, uh, for Troy Tulowitzki and other former major leaguers, college is the place to be. Um, College baseball is something that doesn't get a whole lot of pub, Um, but obviously Peter Gammons did a great job of that, and just seeing how many um, former, what I believe the former Deadspin would call guys, uh, like Darren Erstad uh, and and players like that, and um, Willie Bloomquist, that's another guy. People like that are now coaching in, in college baseball because, hey, there's a lot of good money to be made in college baseball coaching right now for the top level. So, uh, but yeah, good article on that. And as always, Pierre Gammons brings his amazing interview abilities and insight into it. So that you know, is going to be it's, it's um, us to be athletic this week. What's that?
1: It's, it's crazy. I'm reading that talking about money to be made in college. College baseball coaches apparently are making more than like major league managers. It's getting close. It's like, it's, it's, especially for the SEC. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's big money in it down there and you know, the thing is in, in major league baseball, you know, obviously a manager is a big thing, but you know, you can just go get another one when you need to in college baseball, the coach, the head coach is, I mean, he is the entire culture of the entire program. Oh yeah. Um, You know, um, So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's crazy. But thinking that, yeah, you know, you're making more as a college baseball coach than (laughs) I mean, definitely than, you know, being a single A or a double A manager somewhere. Oh, yeah. And also you you get just as good experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So. um, So um, with
0: that, uh, because I know I'm having some Internet issues tonight. Um, I think I know, Wes, uh, if you can, especially if you can still hear me. Uh, I know you finished Loki this week, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, I would rather talk about that on a uh, on a night when I have good internet again, and uh, we can we can really discuss you know Loki in depth and and what it means for the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward because um, that's that's very exciting. Um, so I think for now, instead, what we're going to do is we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast. Unfortunately, uh, we're just going to just, oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. That is great. I'm glad you are in agreement with that, Wes. Um, I think I can also hear you now again. Um, But uh, I want to thank you all for listening this week to episode 378 of the Afford Affair podcast. Uh, As always, we are presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on the socials as well as us. On Twitter as a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are.
1: I'm at Wes Bradshaw21.
0: And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. If you want to get your voice memo on the podcast? Uh, just go into the show notes, click on that link, and you can give us a direct uh, voice chat there. And if it's good, we'll play it on the podcast. Uh, you can find us over at Spotify via Anchor. Um, you can also find us on Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, so with that, uh, episode 378 is in the books. Before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you wanted to add?
1: Oh, school football starts this week. I'll be doing Rocky Mount Tarborough. And, um, yeah, we're going to see
0: how it goes. For my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. We'll get two notes from Wes Bradshaw next week, and see you oh. all. Until then, stay safe and enjoy the football, and good night.
1: Good night, everyone.
0: You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube
1: channel. Follow us on Twitter, at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.